When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome. If you are watching us live on YouTube, it is Sunday evening, Sunday night, wherever you are, whatever part of the world you are in. Uh, like this video, subscribe to our channel. Taperman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That's John. If you want to check out our podcast, it's down in the description below. We're both wearing black today. If you uh, are listening to the podcast, that's great. You can watch our YouTube channel by checking out the link in the description of the podcast. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you. Five stars. Let's get out our cheers, guy. We, we have to give some cheers. Yeah, we We're do. sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. One of the truly, truly, truly great products. I'm not talking food and beverage. I'm talking anything. Computers, the iPads I've ever experienced in my life. Tito's Handmade Vodka had a lot last night. Well into watching Lincoln Riley get worked. Uh, and today it helped me just sit on the couch all day and experience <laughs> football. But here, here's a cheers, guy. Because the the Niners go down, yeah. The uh, the Eagles go down, yeah. Mercury Morris and the boys <laughs> can't, you know, Larry pop a, pop a bottle of of Tito's. R.I.P. to Greasy's dad. They, uh, I think, uh, if not, my fault. Bob, he's, he's probably still going. Uh, but uh, just Breaking cheers to them because there's a yeah, it's, that's a good it's, Tito's. John. No one even got close, guy. I mean, it's not even. <laughs> They don't even have to sweat it. That's right. That's a good one. My dad uh, My dad sent me a picture this morning. Tito's was an answer in his crossword puzzle today. Uh, so he Tito's or Tito beverage? Tito's like Tito's. The like what? What sponsors this podcast was in his in his crossword puzzle today. I've got a toast, John. I, I mean, you got to give credit where credits due. Jim Schwartz is now nine and one against Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he might be the most valuable defensive coordinator. If you can stop the Shanahan tree, you become the most valuable coordinator in football, I think. Uh, so uh, a toast to Jim Schwartz, who uh, mid-game was plotting his hostile takeover of the Cleveland Browns organization, I'm sure. And uh, had they had they lost the game, it would have been right. Like, you know, I just put me in charge, Jimmy. You know, with my defense and my leadership skills. Um, but, but um uh, yeah, Jim Schwartz. You got it. You got to give Jim Schwartz a toast today, John. A lot of salt and pepper with him and Stefanski going. A lot, a lot of salt of and gray pepper. and brown. Just yep. a good mix. I mean, both of them have great hair. I'm I'm not. This is listen. I I have no gray hair because I shave it off. But they they got a lot of contrasting the, the dark brown to the gray and just it looks good too. It looks I, good. I, mean, I think they rock both it. of them both of them good looking dudes. Jim Schwartz had like white hair early, right? He was white hair young. Yeah, and has uh, leaned into it, but uh, 
Stefanski has gained some, I feel like, in his short tenure with the Browns. Still, still, yes, but still looks like he belongs on the the cover yeah, of, a, good. of a you know paper towel uh, packaging or something. Uh, no frills, no flavors, no fancy labels. Just like the Jets and the Browns defense, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, name lady proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. John, the 49ers lost to the Cleveland Browns 19 to 17. I'll give something to add before we dive into the first yeah, topic of the night. Well, I mean, I was going to dive in. Kyle's outfit today looked like, you know, when you're sick back in the day when you stayed at home before YouTube TVs and cable bundles and all you could watch were the three channels you had and you just wore your shitty sweatpants and a big ass sweatshirt. It's kind of what Kyle looked like today. I mean, he looked like his effort getting ready was was limited. Sometimes he has, you know, the joggers looks. Th- today he had drawstrings hanging out. The sweatshirt was huge. He, yeah. He's fucking mf and everybody in sight. I mean, he was he uh, he was all over the map today. I thought My, one of the Kyle Shanahan. Before we dive into some topics, one of the uh, Kyle Shanahan highlights. And I know you'll like this. Was um, after early in the game, the Niners punted. And the referees misidentified a penalty on the Browns when it was clearly on Ambry Thomas. Did you you saw that? Clearly on Ambry. Because Greg Olson and Burkhart were going like they got it wrong. They yeah. got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Took them three minutes to to fix it. Kyle was clearly off doing something else because the camera cuts to the sideline and it shows Brian Schneider, the Niners special teams coach, explaining to Kyle what you can read his lips. He says. They showed the replay on the video board, and then they changed the call. That's what he says to Kyle. Kyle then says back to him, they can't do that. Kyle, had, he had no idea what had happened. No clue. Now, they They're got not supposed to do that, correct? No, and I don't, I don't think that's actually what happened because it's not – they didn't – they just misidentified. They, they I think they called it wrong. Yeah, they yeah. called it wrong, but they, there was a penalty on Ambry Thomas, clearly. So yeah. uh, uh, that was my uh, – that was Kyle spent a lot of time just, and then at another point, Greg Olson said something like, "Oh, Kyle was just over with the offense, you know, he's playing catch up on special teams when it comes time." To- One positive, which it annoys you originally, and then you appreciate it, that in these modern day stadiums, like you're watching the Rams Cardinal game, their stadium, everything is so pristine that there's nothing that isn't modern in there. There feels like there's like a tin uh, base to the Brown Stadium, the, yeah. the fans were just constantly hitting. I mean, all day long, the tin yeah. banging, which it's like a high throwback from our youth to like right. some of the shitty stadiums, you know, that are long right. blown up since. It's, yep. How many new stadiums are going to have that sound that you could hit? They, it wouldn't exist. Yeah, the sound of a hollow. <laughs> it's hollow. It's <laughs> a good call. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, all right, John. So the Niners lose their first game of the year, nineteen to seventeen, to the Cleveland Browns. Um, and uh, as bad as they played, they had a chance to uh, win it at the end. But Jake Moody, the Niners' third round draft pick, missed a forty-one yard field goal. And uh, I texted you just before the kick. I said, on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that he'll make it? I'm a three, and your response was, I'm a five max. So neither neither of us felt good, and I think what it illustrated is that Moody had the problems in the preseason, and it hadn't really been tested since then. He had a long kick. He had, a, he had one against the Cowboys. McCarthy also had a chance to move him back on an extra point that would have been a pressure. Didn't do it. This is on the road. Bad weather. This is true test. Already missed, missed a field goal. Already <clears throat> missed one. That's right. And that one I don't hold against him as much. That was a deep kick. Well, this is 41 with the game on the line. 
dead center, and he missed it. And uh, that is, in some ways, I think, more concerning for the big picture for the Niners than just the fact that they lost the game. I think when you text me, it felt like the field goal was 45-plus, and then they got a couple more yards. Yeah. I thought by the by the time that they we can nitpick how they ended the game, kind of just Let's let the clock it. run out. Yeah. I have no issue with it because once you get to like 40 yards and in – like he would have missed that from thirty four years. Thirty four so? yards. It, it was just off. Like he pushed the ball. It was a terrible fucking kick, right? It, to me, it wasn't in the vicinity. Maybe at twenty five yards, it still would have been in the uprights. Yeah, but it maybe. was not like a huge push that ended up hitting the upright. It was just aimed that way the whole time. Honestly, he's lucky he, he avoided the guy it. coming off the edge. Like it, it wasn't just a bad kick. So I like to me the ending of it doesn't bother me as much because you got to be able to hit that kick. Period, point blank, you draft a guy. The only way we judge this position, right? Like, I'd really have to look like, how was Aaron Banks today? Like, you'd really have to go to the film. He's only judged making or missing. It's it just, it, it, it doesn't get any more basic. Like, I bet Kyle could defend some Brock Purdy stuff today, or I bet they could defend some Charvarius Ward plays or whatever, right? That don't go their way. There is no, like, no one gives a shit about the steps, the timing. Do you make the kick or do you not miss the kick? And some of the players said after, I know Bosa, we didn't deserve it. Fred, we needed to be tested. It's not on Moody. I'm going to call bullshit because if you hit four balls out of bounds, but somehow on the 18th hole, you have a five-foot put, put, uh, five putt to win the Masters. Like, who cares about all the out-of-bounds stuff? You have the opportunity right there. Like, th- this is about the result, the end result, the process. Dan Lanning, I, I, no one cares about the process once if the result is winnable, and it was, and a guy that... Let's face it, there's a lot of pressure given how they drafted the guy. To me, if he was a seventh-round pick, I think we'd be like, well, could they move on from him? Is there another guy they could sign? They're all in on this, and that's not a great start. It just isn't. Like you said, you miss a kick early in the game. They're up 7 nothing. It ultimately wasn't that big a deal. You don't forget stuff like this to me. You know? Well, if This he isn't had, everyone's back, of, let me ask back you this. of their mind. Let me ask you this, because for me it is different. If he had not missed any kicks, if he hadn't had a kind of pretty strange two and a half weeks in the preseason, I would feel differently about it. Like I, I, I would feel a little differently about the fact that he just missed. No, I, I agree. I agree. Like he has a yeah, story so now on him. It's part of it's because I don't think we totally put to bed what we had in the preseason with him. Um, it's easy to project on the guys. Like I watch him, and I go, "Is his? Is he? Is he body language confident? I can't tell." It's easy to kind of just say that he looks the same as he was when he was missing kicks to the first making kicks in the first several weeks. But if he had not had the preseason issues then I probably wouldn't think much of it today, but because of the preseason issues and because I felt like he really hasn't been tested since uh, it is concerning. Yeah, it's concerning. And, and to the thing you said to start, like <clears throat> for all the struggles in the game, and we'll talk about Brock and some of the offense and all that stuff. When it came time to put a drive together, they put a drive together. Like, they stepped up, which is most of the big games you play. Think about all the games the Niners have played in the playoffs. It's not about playing a perfect four quarters. It's about when it's winning time, do you make the plays you got to make? And it's a cliche, but it really is true. What do you do when you have your C game? Can you win with your C game? I was kind of excited as the game was going on to watch them have to play this game. That is, I think, a good test for them. It was a good preparation. And when you go through it, you'd prefer to win it than to lose it. 
Um, but I was excited because I knew they were going to be in some big spots. And that meant Brock and that meant Moody. I go back and check the tape. I, I texted uh, our buddy John Dickinson be- while the Browns still had the ball before they took the lead. I said, this is setting up to be a Moody game because you could just see with the clock. Like it felt like the Browns were driving to win the game. But then you look and there was like two and a half minutes left and the Niners had timeouts. So it was setting up for that. And I think you're right. Even though as the game was unfolding, I disagreed with how they handled it. I didn't like basically they get the Jennings third down. Uh, they get to the 27 yard line with 45 seconds. They hand it to Mason. He gets three yards to the 23 and they basically shut it down. I, I, I think wanted- they're probably terrified to take a sack. You know, the obviously different situation, but crystal ball, the fumble, there's just, yeah. there is just a lot of things that their defense has dominated, knocking guys out. I think, once you get close to that 40-yard line, I'm sorry, I understand, and, and you, no one's wrong. He has not earned the right to just, clearly, he's not an automatic, he's not Robbie Gold, but like, I got to be able to trust you to hit a 41-yard field goal, right? There's a difference of roll him out the 55-yarder. Like, that's, you, you feel good about the Tuckers, the Butkers. You'd be terrified with this guy. Yeah. At 41 yards, to me, like, I, I got to feel pretty good about my kicker hitting that. It doesn't mean he's always going to hit it, but I, I have to roll him out. Yeah. I understand. I mean, and if you're Kyle, you've been working with him in practice. You probably forgot about what happened in the preseason. You feel well. good about it. I didn't forget about it, and I didn't feel good about it. And I don't. Why. I don't think he forgot about it. I just think it's football. I, is- no, you're, you. you he's got to be that guy. I get it. I wanted them to run another play, but you're right. He's got to be that guy who can make this kick. What if Purdy takes a sack? No, you know? I get it. He's got to be that guy that can make this kick. So make him make this kick because he might have to make that kick in the playoffs. Uh, and he didn't. And you know uh, the first miss, honestly, again, part of why he's here is because he can make that kick. But then you see their guy miss, like, all right, bad weather, fine. Even though why I don't, he's just aiming at the middle. Well, why, why is he aiming it at the side? That's what I, I don't get. Did my my thought was, did, 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 I'd be curious how many kickers like it in the middle. A lot of times you see guys take it on a hash, but then he's hooked the ball before. So I don't. Well, I don't he's done know. this twice. He's done this twice now, and, and I think anyone that plays golf can relate. When you hit it way left, the next time you were in a similar situation, it's usually alpha T, you're thinking more right. And he's done this twice. He did in the preseason game where he had the bag hook left, and then he had one of the worst misses you've ever seen right. And this is a little less in terms of the, uh, the, the variations from side to side, not crazy misses, but they're still opposite misses, yeah, right? It'd be one right. thing if he had the that's hook, but he hooks it, and then he pushes it. And it's just... Yeah. Like when you have a guy who plays a certain golf shot, you go, well, he's got to play that shot. But he doesn't know which shot to play because if he kicks it no. down the middle and he hooks it, it goes left. So, it's OB. Well, I, I mean, I'm telling every, you know, I'm watching the game with Maria and her mom, and I'm like, this is death, taxes, and moody. Death, taxes, and moody. That's and it's hard to kick in confidence. You, you felt good. No, we, we talked about it earlier when he missed the kick. And then I had to explain that, you know, Jim Harbaugh is kind of a hype machine. So you got to put what he says. You got to take it with a grain of salt uh, because he would talk about that like with everybody. He talked about that like with his son Jack when he was like three years old. So you just, you got to be careful. But like in fairness to this kicking prospect, he was legit. He was elite. I mean, the, yeah. it, the production backed it up. It just gets like, listen, you want a good quarterback for the most part, you're not going to be able to find Brock Purdy's in the seventh round. Right with kickers, though historically, why I think they got a lot of shit, which I I have no problem with the pick. He just has to make the kicks, 
right? I mean, there's no debating it. If he's missing kicks, it's going to be a bust. It's going to be a failure. If he's going to do that more often than the opposite, they're fucked. They're going to have to get another kicker, right? That's the thing. It's not like, well, he, don't make him the starter, or, you know, Burford's not quite ready. Have him have the another guard mix in, or have him run with the second units, have Randy Gregory start. Like, you can't really do that. He's either your kicker or he's not. And I, I think a big picture, and I, I'm not trying to shit on the kid because he has a resume. Now it's in college, but he has a resume, cold weather, big time games, huge ratings, a lot of people watching in front of, I mean, it, you've been there. What was it hold 110,000 people? Like it's, it's a pressure packed environment. I've been there twice. But, but how, how many kicks in big spots is he away from them have to do something? Well, does, when does you he are, just get this year, no matter what. No, I think when you are what you think is a complete team who can win a championship, you can't be like, sitting around going, yeah, I don't know, man. We just drafted him in the third round. I don't think we should do anything, right? You can't afford to think that way. If you think your only weakness is that you can't trust your kicker late in games, then you got to try and fix that weakness. Especially then you have to cut the, him or, or break his leg and IR him. Yeah, you IR him, especially when the guy who you trust is available. That's the, that's the X factor here. Have you followed him on Instagram? He plays golf like every three days. Did, did, uh, he, he, he hasn't he, touched the football. Was he in Lexi's playing group uh, this week? Probably, I mean, he he is he has not zero chance kick the ball uh, to me at most elliptical some peloton work, and that, I'll promise you this: I think you'd agree. Kyle will not give a shit. Bring no. him back. No, Kyle won't give a shit, Matt. Because he'd Matt, be the guy. They, he'd be the guy they'd call, right? If you live by the yeah, he he's the he's the only guy to call. <laughs> Who? What other guy is there? I don't know. Jose Feely? Cortez. Remember that guy? Alejandro Mata. <laughs> From Colorado? That's Colorado's kicker, the dancing guy. <laughs> did, did Feely's kid get benched? Yeah, well, a few weeks ago, I think. Okay. But then I saw him the other day, so I don't know. If you play uh, if you play and live by the run game, then you need the threes. Can't leave six points hanging with the number one defense. The Niners need the three. In this weather, they needed it, right? It was clear from the beginning of the game that Kyle was calling this game differently than he calls other games, right? I mean, anything did else you- on Moody before we move on? It's just, it's a major red flag that, that there's no way to like, well, we, we had a good week. Like none of the practice stuff matters. None of anything matters. It's going to be Sunday when he kicks. That's the yeah. only thing he's going to be judged on by Kyle too. Right. Because I, I saw a quote from him after the game. Like I've kicked this a million times. Like we're doing it. Like I'm practicing. It's not like <laughs> I would imagine super high character, hard worker. It's, it's just going to come down to a lot of kickers have failed that people liked, right? You just miss kicks. It's a little like golfing. It's like pitching. You start getting the yips. You start not finding the strike zone. They're like, there's nothing I can do, no matter how much I like you. I can't roll you out. And it's not the thing, though, that's complicated. This is not my closer's blowing save, so I just demote him in the bullpen. You either got to fake an injury, because he's clearly healthy, put him on IR, or cut him, which I would think someone would claim him, which I don't think they would do, right? I don't think they would. I think it'd be a fake injury for sure. But between now and whenever that is, like he's going to have to miss more kicks for us to get to that point. But how many? Yeah, not well. Depends Another on the game winner, right? Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah. Does he get? Does he get three game winning opportunities? He's got one. Does he get two more if he misses the second? Um, he may, depending on how quickly they come. Right, like how quickly can Robbie get back and. I don't know what football shape means for these guys. Same as golf shape. Um, but 
I think generally guys do get three. Like if you think about kickers who have kicked their way out of spots, usually it's more than two missed. Right? Doesn't it feel like it's three feels more, about the peak? Yeah, three, three feels, feels like awesome. about where you go. Okay, we're not crazy people. We're not overreacting here. They play in a primetime game next week, albeit not a weather game, right? Indoors at Minnesota. They don't really have the possibility unless the Bengals game late October. You could get weather in the South Bay uh, at the Jags. That would be their next opportunity. Bucks at home. They have a they have a stretch, as everybody knows, at Seattle and at, and at Philly. It feels like you it'd be impossible to play those two games without needing a clutch kick at some point, whatever that means. Right. It might mean an extra point too, John, like 41 which is what he missed today. 33s, it's not that much further than an extra point. So I, I, I would say this. Uh, so we got two more. Next week's must win. Like, you, you, at Minnesota. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know they barely beat the, the Bears today. and Without Jefferson. Fields got hurt. Without Jefferson. You, you got to win that game. I, I don't yeah. give a shit if it's Mason getting 35 carries and McCaffrey can't go. Like, you got to win that game. Because then, obviously, you play the Bengals on a short week, and then you got the bye. But, uh you got to win next week. Obviously, that's a game that we would have circled as like, that's a W. Every single person that does wins and losses for the 49ers, even if you had them like 11 and 6, you would have had the Vikings game as a win. Like, that's just, that's a, that's a win. That, yeah. You have to win. Because today, listen, did you see the Kawakami stat that this is the lowest yardage in the Kyle Shanahan era? The last game, it was 215 total offensive yards. The last game that I, you know, which previously was number one, was Week One, two thousand seventeen. His first game as a coach when they had two hundred seventeen yards. Wow! So obviously, it's just it's impossible to even evaluate. That's Brian Hoyer. The team sucked. Like this was, they got shoved around. I, I think for the first time, we thought the Cowboy game was going to look like this. The difference is the Niners were KOing all the Cowboys and dancing over their graves. I thought it was, listen, I don't really care if Kittle gets fined $13,000 fucked out. But it's like, come on, guys. This is sports. This is have a good, like, it, I don't even know if that many people made a big deal of it, but it was so stupid. Even Kittle was like, we're just having fun. Today was, you got shoved around. Especially when the beginning of the game, Ayuk's talking shit, Debo punks the guy, Kittle, or Trent takes on their entire team. They all back off. <laughs> it's just, they KO'd your two best offensive players. Knocked them out. Debo went to the locker room, never seen again, came back in street clothes. And McCaffrey, by the end of the game, is getting bent over by the, uh, you know, extra trainer bending his back with blood all over his shorts. I mean, he was was battered and bruised. And it didn't feel like they were getting KO'd. And listen, we can nitpick Amari's career, having some, you know, it feels like Amari sometimes. Like, I'm not really into this. Amari fucking was like, it was tough. Like, their team had like a tough attitude today. That the 49ers, I don't know, they, they matched it. They were physical, too. Do you know a guy that I thought, they missed Greenlaw today. Because about midway through the game, you just needed, like, yeah, I'll take a 15-yard flag to kind of set the tone. Like, we're here, too. And they just didn't have it. And the other two linebackers, God bless their souls, are just not the same. And you saw Fred having to do everything, and they kind of got smoked in the run game a little bit. And you ain't, you're, you might block one of them, but you're not blocking both of them. And that was... Listen, usually he's on the injury report, uh, guaranteed on a Wednesday or Thursday, and then he's just played. This one, it just, all of a sudden he's on the injury report late, and he's just out. I mean, that was, 
Sneaky big blow today for a guy that would have loved the smoke. Yeah, happened in practice, but he's in a grimy game. You need him. That's the guy you need. I thought, you know, they got the ball to Ray Ray a lot. I would have liked to have seen Jennings get the ball more because to me, he's kind of like Greenlaw. Like in that type of game, I trust that guy. But um, but see, that I think that represents today was a Debo game. Like, okay, you guys want to fucking roll? You guys are going to hit us? We're going to give it to 19. He goes out. So I think they're giving it to Ray Ray because those were Debo's. Like they had they game were. planned yeah. all week yeah, long. Right. Yep. So like I think today was like a 15-touch game for Debo. Especially if McCaffrey would have got banged up, like it might have been, he might have been running back, he might have done it all, and all of a sudden, what are you going to do? Just scrap those plays because they kind of worked on a couple of the end arounds with Ray Ray. I, I got no problem with giving, giving the ball to Ray Ray on some jet sweeps because you're right, they do work. But I those mean, were Debo's plays. Yeah, I mean, part of it too is you played PJ Walker today, right? Like for all the things you think the Niners could have done better, the Browns also rolled out a backup quarterback who missed several throws over the course of the game. You know, yeah, <laughs> multiple wide open guys missed by P.J. Walker. And I thought he handled himself well. Like Greg Olson made a funny comment during the game that was true. He's like, you know, this is the kind of game for P.J. Walker. You earn yourself four or five more years in the league with this game. <laughs> Chase Daniels like, I never even had one of those games. <laughs> and I lasted 12. So, you know, there was there was a lot that went wrong. You have the Amari. High, the Amari high point was. Might have been like one of the best catches of Amari's Amari. Career. Amari's <laughs> like, look at this is what Amari can always do. He can high point the ball. Then you look, he's like six inches off the ground. Like he wasn't that high, <laughs> but it was a hell of a catch. You're right. It was. It was a hell of a catch. I just, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a test worth taking. You have to play in that type of game. Ultimately, they failed to win the game, but I think it can. I still. Maybe I'm feeling a little glass half full today just because I watched the Eagles lose to the Jets and it and it takes the sting out a little. It does. Um, but then you think you make that field goal, now you're a game up. But whatever. Uh, like that game, a lot more went wrong than just Moody. Uh, but that, you, just, you need that experience to matter. Like if you play in that game again in three weeks or in a month or in October, uh, January, and you're better prepared for it because you because Brock specifically played in that game, then you thank that game for its service because that is one of the best. That defense is what the Cowboys' defense pretends to be, um, and that weather that just that is a. Ro- I mean, the weather affected Brock Purdy today. Like, there's no denying that, right? And it affected yeah, you, their I mean, you want to dive? You want to dive yeah. into that? Butcherbox.com/slash/ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast. Or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. 
Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Because that was a little alarming, right? Because the one thing, you know, obviously, immediately look up his hand size. He has the same hand size as Jimmy Garoppolo, who I would say is not a great cold-weather quarterback. Uh, but like Jimmy, you went, well, this is not, it's not like, you know, well, he played at San Diego State, right? You know, Derek's knock. It's like, well, he played in Oakland, played in Vegas, and went to, grew up in Bakersfield, played indoor in Texas, and went to Fresno State. Like, he's just not, that's Jared Goff, same thing. This guy went to Iowa State, and I would imagine all their spring practices and half their games get pretty shitty. And obviously the offseason practice in the winter. Like, he has thrown balls and been in awful weather. I would imagine Ames, Iowa, for people listening to this podcast, myself included, never been. That weather has to be fucking miserable six months a year, don't you think? Yes. I mean, miserable. (laughs) Cold, wet, snow, everything. And it, he looked much closer to, like, an L.A. kid for the first time playing because it was, it was pretty alarming. And Olsen even hit it. Like, I don't think he can grip it. On the one pass to Kittle, which would have been a hard play even if he threw a great ball, when he first threw it, it just felt like they were off timing. And then Olsen said as they were coming back from the replay, like, I think this ball slipped on him, and it was clear it did. Like, he couldn't. He died. Th- that was. Now, the Niners play at Levi Stadium. They're lucky. It's not like a. It's not a devastating thing if he can't. But it is something to keep an eye on. Small hands. He's got nine nine inch and a quarter. Which as a, I texted a buddy, like what? That's on the small end. Obviously, that you know nine is technically really small. People have getting hit. He thought on average it would be well over in the NFL, like close to nine and three quarters would be average, and then obviously ten and above, or you feel good about. But that was. There's a reason we talk about it, right? That, that is. And it, it yeah. came to fruition today with him. I mean, the one where he was going like this was, that's why it gets that talked about in scouting combine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the ball that slipped out of his hand to me, like that just happens to guys. It's, you know, you're going to have to make throws in this weather. And several balls were just not, you know, what's funny though is they had the rain game at home last year and he threw the ball, I thought, better in that game. I wonder so, the rain, the cold, the combination the, the of the cold, all. the crowd, the whole thing, you know, like, and I made some notes. We can go through some of the good throws he made and late he made some good ones. Missed IU. He, I mean, he dotted IU early in the game down the middle of the field and Brandon just missed it, just hit his hands. I mean, it was well, he a got really good He kind of got smoked on that, didn't he? He was getting pressure. Brock got two guys right in his face and he threw it yeah. 40 yards on a dime. So, you know, I don't know if that means he wears. Felt like the rain came though stronger. It did. You know, more it did feel that way after the first couple of drives. It did feel that way. He was also getting a lot of pressure. You know, I I think to your point, like there's a lot going on. He doesn't have McCaffrey. He doesn't have. He, I mean, mostly didn't have McCaffrey. Didn't have Debo at all. And, um, you know, we hadn't seen him in that spot. Like I think, and you think, he's a really good player. Today doesn't really change much for me because I'm not going to ride that. Like we just let's just watch the whole thing play out. But this idea, and I've been saying this to you for weeks, that like people like the conference, I don't want to hear it anymore. He's proven it. Like no, he really, he's barely played. He's barely played with a deficit in the fourth quarter, let alone on the road and in the rain. And guess what? Here's the good news. He's going to get another opportunity to do it. He's going to get another fourth quarter in a tie game in the rain. It's going to happen again. That's the way it works. Uh, good quarterbacks play more bad games than bad quarterbacks. Bad quarterbacks get DNPs. So, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he missed multiple throws, and it felt like the weather was a factor. And you know what? That's where the Eagles, like, we'll talk about it, but that's where home field advantage matters. Right? That's where the Super Bowl gets played indoors. That matters. So, But you, you just don't get through a season without playing games like this. You're, you can't avoid it. You don't win championships think- without playing games like this. It, two things can be true. He's been excellent this year. He's been he's had an excellent start to his career. Honestly, it couldn't have gone much better. I mean, it really couldn't. I think historically, I mean, it's like yeah. unprecedented. But today, if you watched a couple weeks ago when Lamar played them, now it was might have been somewhat chilly, but it was definitely a sunny day. There was no rain. He was like, "Hey, motherfuckers, I'm the best player on this field," and he dominated the first half, and they went up twenty-one-three. I would say PJ Walker's better than DTR, like more functional. They definitely can pass better, not even close actually. So it's different, but he kind of set the tone early. It was like, I'm going to be like an NBA player because I am. And I think sometimes that's where the conversation of he can't. And part of it, I hate being critical of the offense because it really works and no offense had been better through the first, however many games, five games of the season than the 49ers. But it is very specific, right? And it's like, okay, we got to pass a little now, but all they can do, or a huge part of their pass game, is the boot stuff. It's like, well, can we just go like four? Like, even if Debo's out, you know, when Christian McCaffrey was still in, you can put him in the slot, you put Jennings. Like, you got a lot of versatile pieces. You can put Kittle in the slot, you can put Jennings and Ayuk out wide. Like, they just don't really do that. That's yeah, not felt- really their thing. Mm-hmm. It felt like a lot of their pass plays got blown up because of the rollout and all of a sudden Brock's under pressure. Back-to-back series with a grounding is a pretty young quarterback thing to have happen, right? But it's like he's they're running him right into the guy. Like, I know. In fairness to him, what's he supposed to do? He's getting know. killed because the the boot stuff, which Stefanski historically has run, so their players know how to do it, 
It's like when you do it against the Eagles, you do it against the Jets. They start seeing these things in practice. It's not, this isn't hitting these guys off guard that I, I just sometimes like. Maybe it's the Andy Reid in me. Let's just go four wide, put him in the shotgun. I, I would imagine if we go to some Iowa State tape, he, he played the fucking Big 12. I'm not saying you rely on that or scrap your offense. But today felt like a game is like, guys, your run game's not working. So the, the play action shit, they're unfazed by. <laughs> like it's, it's the pass game. I, I thought Kyle kind of got worked right now. He's missed his bet. One of his best players goes out early. McCaffrey clearly banged up. So he's got some limitations, but he just gets very, when it doesn't work. And this used to happen. Like this was much more of a Jimmy Garoppolo game. And they won a lot of these games with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they lost a lot of these you games. You texted me that it, early in the game. You're like, this feels like this got Jimmy vibes to this game. It can be frustrating with the Kyle offense when it's not really working. It's like, God, you just, you got anything else? You know, like he, he does, he sticks to the same kind of, and it works the overwhelming majority of the time. Like he'll just like, and it works all the time. Like that's part of it, right? It's like over four quarters, it will work, right? That's yeah, he's part like, of the he, deal. He, 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 you know, he's just hitting you with a bunch of kidney shots. And eventually right. by like the ninth round, you're like, totally fuck. But the Browns are like, keep hitting me in the kidney dog. I'm like, I don't care. We do not care. And one they thing you say about the game went on, it felt like. Who was that? Their defense, the Browns defense. Oh my God. The crowd that, that I thought that game was for an NFL standard had like a collegiate vibe of like this place kind of lit right now. Didn't it feel like NFL just needs edgy? the Browns being just relevant is pretty awesome because of their crowd. Yeah. They're like they're, a, everything. they're like a Jets, they're like like a Lions, you know, like a Raiders, right? Like well, well, I think the Raiders, the, the Coliseum, the, the the Niners at the candlestick. And listen, I've never been to their stadium. It's clearly a little newer than those, but it did feel a little old school NFL, less sweetie. And I could be wrong, but it felt like it had an NFL 80s, 90s edge to the place. Yeah. Which I miss, you know, and their team played like that. Uh, Say this for Purdy. The one thing you feel really good about because no quarterback can start many games in the NFL and and be like a puss, right? some are just tougher than others. Their willingness to like sit in there, be unfazed. Like some guys will just get rid of the ball really fast. It's not that they're not like they're tough relative to American standards, but relative to quarterbacks, there are clearly different tiers. His toughness, you feel really, really good about it, right? Yeah, mental and, and physical. Yeah, I mean that last drive, which you know they got. I don't want to say lucky they got a penalty that kind of bailed them out early. I think they were like on third and 10 or whatever. It was on a whole the PI or whatever. Yeah. But and listen, like this is a game like the refs were terrible, but 100% it's not like the refs lost the Niners the game. They were just, they were just all over the map. <clears throat> yeah, like a bunch of things went wrong for them. And if like one of those things goes right for them, they might win the game, right? If the Gibson penalty is not a penalty, they might win that game. But you still have several plays that come after that. You still got the ball back. You still drove down the field. You still had a field goal to win it. So, um, you know, you, going undefeated is hard. Uh, and if you're going to lose a game, like that's that's probably what it ha- if that's how it has to look for you to lose a game, then you're probably then you're probably a 13 or 14 win team if that's what it takes to beat you and a defense that's as advertised. Um, I it, and I probably uttered this over the last couple of weeks. I probably be very unlikely, not impossible, but very unlikely that we see a seventeen and zero team NFL team ever with the salary cap, with how difficult it is. It's just yeah, 
injuries now, the way train how many just teams I mean every team. I watched the Eagles, Lane Johnson fucking could barely walk off the field. You just it's just maybe there weren't as many injuries somehow back when we were kids, but it's just it feels very unlikely that we ever see seventeen and oh. Turf for sure. Yeah. The schedules, right? Like it used to be teams played every Sunday and some of them played on a Monday. But now like Thursday night games. Thursday night games, um, London games, Frankfurt games. You know, what if so one year some team's twelve and oh and they're like going to play the Jags in London and the Jags have been there for three weeks. That's a disadvantage, right? That's what happened to the Bills last week. A lot going on, for sure. I mean, I just saw the ad today. It's like the Frankfurt games coming up November 5th and 12th. I'm like, what? They're playing multiple games in Germany? Multiple games. This morning I woke up, there was a game. You know? I know. You just all of a sudden, you're like, oh, the Ravens are up 10. It's always the Titans or the Ravens. or the, It's always like a game where I'm like, yeah, I don't mind that being the 6 a.m. game, the team. Um, so yeah, the part- NFL has games from 6 a.m. and it stops at 8.30 at night. I mean, they go they go for 14 hours of NFL football games. And then when you wake up 14. Monday, they, they set you up for another one. Yeah. Uh, so the Purdy grade, what would be your – I got a few throws I want to get through here. What would be your Purdy grade today? Stat uh, line probably- for those who didn't look, 12 to 27. That's 44%. P.J. Walker See, becomes – I saw this stat. The first quarterback to beat Brock since Caleb Williams did it as a freshman at Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, 44%, 125, a touchdown, and an interception. QB rating, we don't talk about it a lot unless it's 55.3, which was what his was today. Three sacks. I'd go C- minus because, I mean, that stretch where he couldn't grip the ball is like, if you can't grip the ball in a rainy game on the road, like – how are you going to play in the game? Like it was very, very difficult for them to function in the passing game when he couldn't make passes. That's a problem. Now it gets back to what we said earlier. They are lucky that geographically they just limit themselves on those opportunities. Their division games, the only team that would be Seattle and depending on the schedule, like you just may not end up there that time of year, but now you could argue in Seattle can be raining September 1st or January 1st. But the other two divisional games won't happen, and then obviously your home games, for the most part, are going to be relatively good weather games. But it is so it's just part of it's it's something we will talk about now. Like depending on the schedule on a given year, oh, you're going to so and so in December or November. I mean, guy, he could not grip the fucking ball. Feels like you're grading him on a curve. C minus feels generous for a forty-four percent. You're you're saying it was rainy, it was on the road, you played the Browns. Felt like a a D. I mean, if I if Man. I brought home a C minus on my report card as a kid, I would get lit up. I mean, D, D's were like the kids that were just like you're just you're going nowhere in my well, home. Well, I, I, I'm just saying, like C minus when you complete 44 percent of your passes. I didn't if I just tallied it in my brain, I'd probably go like four turnover worthy throws. I mean, two guys just he just threw two pick, like the Newsom pick or the the pick he threw was just hit him in the chest. Okay, his, maybe it's, is it just did he just fail today? Is it just an well? F? I'm not trying to talk you into it. I'm just I, I, to me here would be the argument for a C. C minus like, to me is an awful grade. Maybe yeah, I'm just too yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's what I'm high saying. standards from Jeff Middlecoff in the Middlecoff home. <laughs> Big Jeff. Um, I was going to go D. I mean, you could argue C. The drive he put together at the end of the game, like you know, I thought for all the bad throws, and there were several. There was, I thought, some pressure throws. Like early in the game, first quarter, Burford gets the ten yard penalty, and I just in the moment I was like, "This feels like pressure." Like the crowd's getting loud, 
You're on your own 34. It's third and 13. He drops back, two dudes in his face, throws it from his own 25 to the opposite 36. It's 40 air yards to IU. Just bam. It was a really good throw. Um, uh, he had the throw late on second and 21 to Ayuk on the sideline. That was a really good throw right after a grounding play. It's yeah. to me like he in some moments, he has shown this in like moments where it feels like it's about the avalanche. Now they, the avalanche did get him several times today, but he made them throws after it felt like, you know, there was going to be another avalanche. Um, I, I so appreciate, but back-to-back groundings hard to have a like to me a passing grade with back-to-back groundings of forty-four percent. I do appreciate a grounding when you're just engulfed by a guy who outweighs you by sixty pounds, who could outlift you by five hundred pounds, who's about to slam you into the ground, and you just do everything possible just to throw it into no man's land. I'll tell you, and the entire other sideline starts going like this, you know, starts pointing like no one's there, and the one guy's like Kittle's like. Like, no, George, you, you don't get credit for the, that. The worst grounding is the you were out of the tackle box, but the ball doesn't get back to the line. That's the worst type of grounding because your arm looks so bad when you can't get the ball back to the line of scrimmage. I, I have to go back and look at the exact plays, but I'm pretty sure one of them was one of the boot things. Like when you yeah, do they that, were. Kyle, Kyle's yes. plays do run you right into the guy when they don't go down the line of scrimmage. If the guy does not go down the line of scrimmage thinking like, I'm going to get a TFL as the backside defensive end. Your quarterback is a sitting duck. And unless he's, I would say, like Lamar Jackson or like strong enough like Jalen Hurts to break the tackle, every guy is fucked in that situation, like NFL history, right? Like Michael Vick, Lamar. There's a short list of guys that can juke the guy out. But the overwhelming majority of quarterbacks, that includes like Mahomes, are just going to get taken out by, by talented defensive ends. Now, some stiff guys might swing and miss. But a, t- a team like Cleveland, like they weren't missing an open field tackle on the quarterback when they're three feet away. Their closing speed, their physicality, and they were, I think they kind of started feeling themselves like we're better than this offense right now, especially when McCaffrey and, and Debo's nowhere in sight and Trent's limping around. It was just, it was tough. I mean, it's a tough environment. It's, they are, that's an elite defense. And the Niners yeah. got shoved around a little bit, which yep. is fine. I mean, they've been shoving people around for five games. And sometimes, like, uh, luckily in the NFL, unlike college, you know, your margin for error is much bigger. Like, you're allowed to lose, like, four or five. Now, the number one seed, like, obviously the Eagles lost today, too, but Google the Lions' schedule. I mean, the Lions might be closer to a 14-win team than 12 or 11. So, I I think there are multiple teams. They have not played the Bears, the Vikings. They still play the Raiders, the Broncos. The Lions are going to win a lot of games, guy. You're looking at me crazy, but I'm no, I'm just, I'm just their laughing schedule's a joke. I'm a hater, and, and, I, well, and I think but you're just right. but just in like a like in a week. What, at, let's say the Niners beat the Vikings, they do just play Joe Burrow. Like who the Lions got that week? They get the Broncos or the Raiders. You know, so it is it's a lot easier game. Like I don't care the Bengals are down. You still got to beat Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like those guys are, I mean, dominant players these last couple of years. Even if their team's not quite the same. Even yep. you watch, I watched that game against Seattle. Like Seattle was pretty terrible in the red zone, but uh, yeah, I, I just that's just not. I, just, I know this was just more difficult. It's not a place you want to end up on the road, right? Forward Field in the playoffs. Well, the other thing is like the Niners haven't played the Ravens yet. Like that's just Lamar Jackson's not an easy guy to play. Meanwhile, they're playing fucking I don't even know seventeen on the Bears because 
Justin Fields broke his hand. Like that's that's who the Lions get. That's my point. You know, the Eagles and the Niners have hard schedules. They they just do, and the Lions do not at all. And a huge reason is their division. The, the toughest game on their schedule, they won week one. And then probably just given it's hard to win in Green Bay, they won that game too. Yeah. The, the Lions have a very good chance of going six and zero in their division, and the rest of their schedule is relatively easy. It sounds crazy, but after you see a gay like today, you're like, God, you know. Well, you're right. Philly, these te- not these just teams are really lost. It's not just these teams are more likely to go fourteen and three than sixteen and one. It's just it's the NFL. It's hard. Philly right? still hasn't looked. Philly hasn't had like a three game stretch yet where you're like, oh, okay, they found it. Like the Niners have. Yeah, and Lane Johnson. And Lane Johnson. They did not come back. So, I thought there were a few things. Like, I didn't love the Niners. Were down three at the end of the third quarter. Fourth down. I'm looking at it right now. <clears throat> Twenty-eight seconds left in the quarter. They let the quarter expire before they punt to start the fourth quarter. Time they could have used at the end of the game. Um. Then they. T- then they. T- Teams always do that bullshit, college I, and pro. John, they then they... Do. I don't get it. How about this? And maybe this is not a negative if you want to spin this to a Kyle's belief in Purdy. But the Niners uh, give up the field goal. Bosa gets the sack. The Browns end up kicking the field goal. They make it a one-point game, 17-16. The Niners get the ball unblocked. The Niners get the ball up by one. Uh, at their own 25, and they pulled like a Rams. They took 16 seconds off the clock, took no time off the clock, <laughs> didn't run the ball. They get an intentional grounding. Uh, they pick up some yards with Ayuk, but Ayuk goes out of bounds. Brock, third and 11, doesn't, they don't do anything about some four-man pressure, and they punt. So Kyle, like, tr- Kyle was like, all right, we're going to throw the ball here. For, forget When the you clock. get an intentional grounding on first down, it does, it does set you back a little bit. It does set you back a little bit. <laughs> Um, but he he still threw on the next two downs, so I don't know. Just just a weird game from them. Weird game from them all around. I, I I do think, and this is the hard part that no one truly knows the game plan. I think it was pretty clear with how much run Ray Ray got and how many touches he was getting that it was a Debo heavy game plan. In a game like today, Debo could have helped Purdy a lot. I mean, he helps any quarterback a lot because it's easy to get him the ball and once he goes down like that that was a big blow because I think it was pretty clear that they were going to use him dramatically you know even relative to this season it felt That's like right. there was going to be a lot of touches and it would have amplified the moment Christian was clearly getting banged up which like as you and I talked about before we hopped on it would have been nice to see either one of the plays now if more than likely McCaffrey was an accumulation of the 7 million hits Kyle's running him into this year but Debo clearly probably had a play, and we never saw anything. All of a sudden, we just saw, oh, there's Debo in the locker room. It's like, or the blue tent. Right after, what, what right after. Yeah, so Trent put himself in a, they put a boot on Trent so he could get on the plane. Well, at least with that one, we saw, they do the replay. It's like, okay, he's yeah. got a lower body, knee, ankle injury. Debo is off, like, what is, what is wrong with him? And then the way, when he's walking, you're like, well, he looks okay. Right, so it's like you just don't know. I I hate that feeling of not knowing. Like, what is the injury? So as we do this Sunday night, X-rays negative. Still got an MRI coming. Kyle called McCaffrey's injury a, an oblique and a rib, which honestly better than what, a back. Like when they said back, and you're watching, like, is this his back? 
you think, well, this is a seven-week injury, maybe last the whole season. Oblique and rib, maybe easier to live with. Those are the real, you know, it'll feel like a win if you come out of it, if we're talking about this Thursday and both those guys are fine. Feels like it'd be a little soon for them to be fine. But uh, a buddy of mine texted me during the game, listener slash buddy, uh, Ryan Radke, and he said, uh, if they lose, he said, if they lose Trent, Debo, and McCaffrey and lose the game, this would be the worst day in franchise history since they hired Tom Sula. <laughs> and then Trent comes back. You're like, they might win the game. And McCaffrey came back for a play. Then you see him back in the swimmer's jacket. And then he's in the, you know, Gabe Kapler jacket. Then he's, then they send him back to the locker room. So I am, you are kind of holding your breath on those two guys. Cause we did, I know this was the rain and the road. But you do see their offense is just a very different offense without them on it. You know, Brock's a different quarterback. Ayuk's a different receiver. Ayuk is Ayuk was open, like, okay, if you layer the sideline throw, he's open, open, but not normal Ayuk just running with nobody around him in the middle but, of the field. Guy, they have good they have good corners. I mean, they, they have three of them. Newsom's a good yeah. player. Yeah, they, they're, well, they're, well, they're, they don't have to defend the other two. Well, they don't have to defend McCaffrey or Debo. They get better, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they got their defense. From talky talky, <laughs> they got dudes. They their team speed and physicality is the closest. They, they were more physical without Greenlaw. It felt like they were more physical. They tried to Niners tried to set up a screen to Juice. Um, it might have been after a was it after a grounding? It was deep in their own territory, and they tried to set up like a Juice blocks and then releases, and they're going to dump it down. And it's going to be like an easy eleven yards, and. Um, uh, who was it? The D lineman just didn't let. Just like, no, nah, you're not getting away. Like, I'm not letting you go. Like, I know what you're doing. You're not going anywhere. It was I, I thought yeah, a lot of people, you know, you just watch the game. Are going to be, you know, Purdy, Kyle, obviously the head coach, quarterback. I, and and part of it's Greenlaw missing. There, there's just going to be a hole. I, I didn't. Oh, think it was Will Hurt, uh, former Niner. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think that Wilkes had a great game. They kept running two of the same plays. That little pitch run. I mean, they ran that over and over and the constant little screens. Why? Because the Niners are super aggressive. Now, it's much harder to do that when you got the two linebackers because they're sideline to sideline ability. But after a while, you get smoked on it a couple times. Listen, it's football. They get paid a lot of money, too. They got sweet players. To me, as they're doing it continually in the second half, Let's start cheating on those plays a little bit. Like that—that that to me is a defensive coordinator adjustment, where I, I we do something. And I felt like they did, they just stayed in their base defense and they kept hitting those plays over and over and over again. And obviously, it speaks to Greenlaw's absence, but also it's like, okay, we got to cheat then. We got to yeah. make the adjustment. Hey, Fred, cheat over here, or hey, Flanagan fouls, or whoever's going to be out there, or Hufunga, come up a little bit. And it just because they weren't going to hit deep bombs. And I'm sorry, like, I don't give Wilkes that much credit when the fucking quarterback just throws it right to Lenore. I mean, that's just, that's no. not like a defensive play. It's and I, and right it was, it was a classic Amari, like, what just happened there, Amari? What did you, <laughs> classic Amari. Well, it's like the play. moment Lenore's like, oh, he's going to throw it right to me. Amari's like, yeah, fuck it, take it. Amari's <laughs> like, release. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, dog. You're like, you go, man. You go. I'm, I, I, you, I, think, you think I'm fighting you for this one? No, take it. If you can make it to the end zone, Godspeed, brother. <laughs> I'll say this for Wilkes. I do think he has shown a good feel for pressure. 
Like he dialed up a couple <laughs> pressures in big spots. The Bosa sack, which obviously it was the pressure. The two, the, there were four offensive linemen, or I guess three offensive linemen and a tight end. They double team the D tackle and like the outside rusher, and Bosa was untouched. Untouched. And I don't even know if they actually. It's hard to tell. It looked like two of the guys that looked like they were coming bailed. So it, they, I don't know that they actually brought six. They brought, maybe they brought five on that play. Um, the Isaiah Oliver sack fumble play was a good call. Uh, I thought I, I honestly that was a really tough one. I th- thought his arm was coming forward, but you could definitely argue it was coming forward without the ball, and that should have been a fumble. A PJ Walker fumble. What did you think about that play? Do you think that was a fumble or an incomplete pass slash grounding? Yeah, I mean, I once they made the call, they yeah, like I, I knew it wasn't going to change. You're talking the one where he kind of goes. I'm just saying, did you think his arm was coming forward with the ball? They called it an incomplete pass, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought they, that it was not going to get overturned. Yeah, I, so did I. I was just curious if you thought it was a fumble. I, I thought it was a really hard. I'm not positive. I thought whatever the call in the field, they would have rolled with it. It was one of those. I'm just asking what you thought. Like, did you think his arm was coming forward? Uh, I, I think it's pretty close that, like... Yeah. Y- you know, it, to me, it wasn't definitive. Like, the Purdy one, yeah, classic. Yes, like, that's for sure. That one, whatever the call was going to be, like, that was going to be a no-brainer. Yeah. It's just impossible to tell. I didn't think it was definitive. I agree But, the, but both quarterbacks had, like, three or four of those, you know? <laughs> PJ... Uh, Matt asked, serious question, can you accept a penalty, then change your mind? That had me baffled. I mean, you kind of can. They let guys. It happens in football. Yeah. You're talking about uh, the Browns. Yeah, he's talking about the one that you said Kyle was talking to Schneider about, right? No, he's talking about, I think he's talking, oh, maybe. I think he's talking about there was a play where the Browns declined a penalty. Then he saw the yardage. It was going to be like second and three, and then he accepted the penalty after they'd already marked it off, generally I think they let coaches do that. I, I've not seen them say, like, no, you already gave us your final answer. As long as you're consistent with it, I got no problem. Like, if you go to another game and they don't allow it, it'd be kind of bullshit. My issue with the Gibson play is, is that that should be a play, and these bang-bangs, the moment the bang-bang play happens, you're going to think helmet-to-helmet, targeting, whatever, no-brainer. Yeah, It's almost like you just let it go and then they have access to look up and then they can throw the penalty, you know, cause the moment you throw the penalty, it feels very, it feels very, it doesn't happen often anymore that they ever pick it up. This, they always lean on the side when they throw the penalty, even though it's clear, like, no, he led with the shoulder and hit him in the shoulder. That was even in 2023, like that's a pretty clean hit. No helmet to helmet contact, but the moment you throw the flag, it feels like a very, very small percentage of the time, even in the NFL and college, I guess sometimes they go to the monitor or whatever. It's just going to stay on the they field. They always that, go to the monitor in college. That's one of the in, – in college, right? Yeah. Like, I, how it, is that not a it, reviewable play? It, to me, in the NFL, like, you have to figure out a way on a clean hit to not penalize the guy. You got to. Because bang, bang, I completely understand. I don't even blame the ref. Right? You're just going to think helmet to helmet. I think Kyle said after the game, I thought they touched helmets. Which isn't doesn't mean penalty, but yeah, it's a hard play. It's a tough play. Just make but it to not to not be able to adapt, like when you just said, they adapt on the down and distance after a minute. Uh, they adapted on the special teams play. Like you do have some time. Like these, there's a lot on the line in these games. 
especially for those plays that are 15 yard penalties. They're, they're just crushing, especially in a game that was going to be probably decided on a field goal. 15 yards could be the difference of being at like the 45. All of a sudden you're at the 40. You're well, a nice run down. Away from being a field the, goal. Game, the game was about to be on the line on the next play. I'm with you. I, that was my attitude too. was like, I 15 can't... yards in a game like this. The Niners have played in a bunch of games where 15 yard penalties don't mean shit. Today's the type game where it's like fifteen a fifteen yard penalty, especially in the second half, make or break a game. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't understand it. I I don't even know that there is an argument. Especially now, do they? It feels like they never reviewed. Did you see the Kyle Hamilton hit in the Ravens game? He got ejected. I that was a little before I came out of bed. So he got. I mean, it, I read about he, it. I saw the video of him going like that's bullshit. And then they show it, and it's like just like bro, you played college. I, football I saw like I saw the I saw the ago. video. I saw the. That saw is the not an acceptable hit. But what was funny about it is on that play, they flag him for unsportsmanlike. Then like 12 seconds go by, and then you kind of like in the background hear the referee, uh, whatever his number is. Number 32 has been disqualified from the game. Like either they had a further conversation or somebody in the headset was like, uh, guys, we are in international waters. We cannot let them think this is how we got to officiate. You got to get this guy out of here. Don't let them think we're that brutal. But they changed something happened. Either somebody said to them that's an ejection, or but you don't in college football, as much as you hate the rule, at least it's transparent. Like they're like, this is getting reviewed for targeting. The punishment is ejection. I had no idea why Cam. I mean, I know he should have been, I guess. I really I don't even know. In the NFL, you don't really see it. But the Gibson one was just guys, let's we review everything. We take forever to figure it out. Fine. I know. I agree. I'm with you. Uh, Roberto yeah, 12, 12 and 27. I gotta, I, you probably just gotta give him an F, even though he made some positive plays. I you could upgrade know. to the D for the last drive. Like he put together a borderline game winning drive at the end. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, you had like 25 yards on the one after the catch. Were they, were, were, nice were they, were they, were the Browns doing the, like, maybe we should let Ayuk score tackling drill on that? <laughs> what was that? Ayuk's <laughs> running with like the ball out here and everyone's just kind of watching him. Yeah, understand. Uh, Roberto says that can we give Robert Sala a shout out for keeping the Niners' home field advantage alive? Dylan said, "Miss my super chat." Truck threw two bucks on to tell us we missed it. I got it started right here. Uh, you know, we try to get to these like within segments of like uh, topics, but I'll, I'll get to it, Dylan. Since you asked, they need to go back. They need to go to the drop back early in the fourth quarter after the weather cleared up. Play action wasn't going to work. Work on first and twenty-five without run success. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like th- their base passes are it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> it's, it's, you just had a potential grounding. It's first and 29 and you're fucking doing one leg, a, a deep play action to, to Mason here. Just draw, just put him in shotgun for the love of God, Kyle. That's my, my I do think sometimes he gets a little headstrong on certain stuff. He's not, and listen, every coach, probably beside like Belichick and Brady in their prime, like Andy for a long time, and still has occasions where it's like, Andy, just run the ball. You know, if anything, Kyle's too likely, like I'm hitting him on play actions. There there really aren't any perfect coaches. I bet Vince Lombardi's had some flaws with his, you know, running the power sure. sweep. But you just, if you're going to want to win a Super Bowl, and the one thing about the 49ers games now a lot like the Eagles, it feels like the Niners and the Eagles are kind of watched like they're like the Golden State Warriors right now. Like everything they're doing, because the four games were on in the afternoon, 
the only game I was super locked into was Eagles Jets. Yeah, that, that yeah. felt like what I wanted to watch. Like the, the and in Rams the morning, I wasn't game like nothing. To me. I wasn't like multiple miles. Like let's just watch this minor game. You know, give me red zone over here. Yeah, I would go to four, and then a lot of times I'd click it because I none of the games really mattered. It felt like the Niner game and the Eagle game would have been like when Georgia and Bama were playing. If you're like the SEC That's network, right. it's like right. those were the two games that matter. It felt like that watching them both. The intensity, you feel it like on their coaches. Not that all coaching staffs aren't intense, but these two teams are a lot on the fucking line. Like, let's face it. Let's just look at the NFL right now. You know, the Chiefs, Travis is running around with Swifty. They're going to cruise the 13, 14 wins. They've already won a couple Super Bowls. Obviously, if they don't win a Super Bowl, they're going to be devastated. But all of them got rings, right? The Bills, Miami, like, I'm sorry. I think with the Niners and the Eagles... It's like Super Bowl or bust. Anything less than a Super Bowl championship for those two teams. Listen, the Lions might float around, but if they were to win a playoff game, it'd be one of the most incredible seasons. Of the Lions. I don't think they. I think they've won one playoff game since like the Barry Sanders era. The Niners and the Eagles, you feel it. Like when you're watching them, you're like, God, there's a lot on the line for these fucking teams. Totally. <laughs> you know, both of them. They're like the same fucking team, guy. Now, obviously, they, they play a little different, but I just mean the stars, the intensity, just everything surrounding them. You know, it's Cowboys. Both like, got sorry, close like, last year. Yeah, it, it feels like they're equals again. It feels like uh, the Niners had been rolling this first five games. The Eagles had been off, but it, it's the NFL. You're 5-0, and you're 5-0. and and both of them just lose on the same day in kind of weird fashion, but differently. But to me, they're the most fascinating teams in the league. Those two, obviously, the Niners and the Eagles, like more than anything, the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs, like what are they really for their third Super Bowl? I'm not saying that like in the history of the league, it's a big deal. But if they don't get it, it's just not the same devastation. Well, they don't play like they're under pressure. Well, right. they haven't for a couple of years during the because they're season. not. <laughs> no. The Eagles, the, the impressive thing about Philly is they play as if they did not win the Super Bowl a few years ago. And part of it is it's just a totally different group. Not totally different, but... Quarter, quarterback's different. Very different group. Coaches you know, different, different. coach, different quarterback. So, uh, they got new coordinators. I mean, they're, the one thing, just to go back to what you said about Kyle, I do think sometimes Kyle, he's such a great chess player. Sometimes it feels like, you know what, actually, man, all we need is checkers here. Like, we don't need seven moves ahead. You know, it'd be like if you took a great painter and had them like teach a third grade painting class, would they paint like a masterpiece or just like actually would just some finger painting would be perfect right now. Like, no, no, no. Hold on. Let me let me create something beautiful. You know, sometimes it's just do we have like a kitty playbook we can go to when it's pouring rain? <laughs> and I, I would say. Now, listen, Andy, for a lot of his career, took. A and, and by the way, I've come to the realization this year. Sorry, just to add this on, like. I think more and more, Kyle, when it's all said and done, will turn out to be one of the great coaches of our lifetime. And he needs to win a Super Bowl to justify it. But I think that's what it's going to end up being. That's So I, you know, he knows what he's doing. I'm not. Well, like, anyway, is, 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 is it, would you consider Andy one of the great coaches of our lifetime? Without, without question. And think how long it took for him to validate that. Uh, you could argue it was like, the first Super Bowl is like, oh, finally got it. But then four years later, went to another one, then won a second. It's like no one can even talk. Like what Bochy's doing right now, just double middle fingers up. Like I'm one of the greatest big game managers 
in the history of a game that's been going since like the gold rush in the middle of the 1800s. That's how good I am. You work out flaws. Like Bochy got to work out flaws when he was with the Padres. Like I still think, like you said, sometimes like Kyle, just fucking have a driver. You're just running like out routes or something. Just keep it kind of simple. We don't need specifically like, with quarterback off the- pressure, quarterback <laughs> pressure, unavoidable. It's not like Brock's pat, 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 three and a half seconds to throw. I mean, he is no turning his head. <laughs> There's a dude on him. But just run a couple slants, some outs, just run some basic pass routes. Andy will do that all day. I think they're kind of opposites. Andy just always leans pass. Kyle always leans based off the run. And there's like a fine balance, right? And this guy, especially as clearly as he could throw it a little bit better in this game, just have a couple passes. What did they do on the final drive? Just, well, you got to keep it kind of simple. And what happened? Bang, bang, boom. <laughs> I mean, just have some of that. Now, you could argue, and maybe if Jim Schwartz was here, like I, I pl- no, but he wouldn't. They they didn't they didn't need a touchdown to right. It wasn't like I'm playing really field conservative because they need a touchdown. They need a field goal, and they got enough good players with Kittle and Ayuk still in the game. Where fuck, I'm still playing defense. So yeah, just got just got. I mean, they got worked. They got relative to the standard, right? I mean, they got out coached, um, and you could argue outplayed for the first time. They're not used to this season seeing their guys go off the sideline. They're used to knocking out your guys and not come back. Or I do think that I do think that rattles you a little bit because I think you saw it in the Eagles game once Lane. It just that's a when you lose the Trents, the Lane Johnsons, the Debo's. There's just a difference of like, oh, Dom, uh, you know, Lenore's down. (laughs) It, it, It it's the sick part of the sport. That when you see a pile, you just pray it's not three of the guys, and then when yeah. it's like the fifth guy, you're like, okay, well, you know, hopefully he's okay. But yep, right. We got we got depth there. I know, I know, I know. You're not wrong. Uh, a couple super chats here. Matt says we didn't capitalize on turnovers, and missed kicks. Brown's defense is no joke. Still held them under twenty with some skeptical calls. Uh, Keith, we lost, but Brock showed me something today. Resilient. Shanahan struggles when he can't run the ball. There, there's an intensity, like Oregon, Washington. Yeah, you know, that's not exactly Georgia, Bama in their primes defensively. Solid. Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it. But there's, I mean, there's just a lot of points being scored. Offensive explosions, right? There is something genuine about that level of football today, where it's just like people are getting knocked the you know what out at yeah, any we're 40 moment. Forty points, thirty points slammed. doesn't win the game. No one's getting to 20. Yeah. I'm Where a you. field goal, maybe one field goal will happen in the fourth quarter total, and that's going to be decide the game. And one interception probably ruins you. One cause fumble, one moronic play. You're, you're kind of on the edge of your seat. I, I enjoyed the intensity of that. Like that to me is like football at its purest form. Every yard is accounted for. Great plays really stand out. Like when Amari High points the ball, you're like, oh, that's in this environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, everything was awesome about every chess move from the coaches matter. Like at any moment, again, the Oregon a big punt play, is like, is a big deal. Like, oh my God, what a punt down to the five. Wisnowski. Yeah, I was like, God damn, Wisnowski keep letting it rip. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> you know, the difference, one of the differences between college and the NFL is that you know in the NFL playoffs, there will be games that look like that. 
Has there ever well, that's been how a the game? Cowboy, that's how the Cowboy game kind of looks. That's how the Cowboy year, game right? looks. Yeah. I mean, the Niners have played that game more times than they've played any other type of game in the playoffs, really. The, the Packers game a couple years ago when they won on the road. The college football playoff, I don't think, has ever had a game that looks like that. <laughs> like, you get to the playoff and it's like, who's got 40 in them? You know? <laughs> it's just... Well, that's what you think. Like, the cream's going to rise. It's gonna, no, it's like Justin Fields threw six touchdowns in a playoff yeah. game, right? <laughs> Remember the Bama-Clemson game shootouts. Last year, TCU-Michigan. Georgia scored 85 points in the championship. It's just, in theory, it should, but it never plays out that way. In football... That, that's where I think they were so devastated last year. It felt like the Eagle Niner game was going to be like a 27 to 23 type game. And you didn't, you know, w- there are going to be some points because they're great players, but it was going to come down to a fumble here, a pick here, a yeah. missed field goal here. Yeah. And we didn't even get it, which I still think they are in line. But I'm telling you, like the Lions, man, Jamison Williams, touchdown today. They, they just have incredible talent, young talent. The Eagles and Niners have like, five, six-time Pro Bowlers in their prime. I think the, the, the Lions have a lot of, like, first-time Pro Bowlers. You know, a lot of young guys, maybe second-time Pro Bowlers, like the Panay Sewells, the Hutchinsons, the Jameson Williams, the Laportas. They just got a lot of guys that you're going to look up in, like, five years that could be like these Eagles and Niners, which you should get them, but it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, all right, Lions schedule Ravens, Raiders, uh, where's that game in Vegas? Oh, Ford Field. Too bad. I would I would have liked to have seen like how many Lions fans roll into Allegiant. Then a Week Nine bye. Then they go to the Chargers. Um, they got the Bears. They got the Packers. They got the Saints on the road. Another Bears game. Broncos at home. Vikings. Who knows what they'll be by then? They go Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings to finish their year. So that actually, you know, that week 17 Lions at Cowboys could be a big game. Could be a huge game. Yeah. Do you think this is the best? I would imagine a large percentage of Detroit Lions fans are also Michigan football fans. Yeah. It's a pretty incredible time to be a football fan in that in that area, right? You think in a home playoff game in Michigan National Championship? I had a I had a buddy who does the area. He's like, I think the gaps, obviously the last two years Michigan got over on them, but the gap of talent wasn't that wide. He's like, the gap of talent between the two teams this year is. Which two teams? He, Michigan and who? Ohio State? He, like He thinks Michigan's, like, the last couple of years, more coin flip going into it. He <clears> thinks <throat> there's a clear advantage just team-wise, the talent on the field, Michigan versus Ohio State. They look pretty good. Turns out the quarterback Ohio State lost is pretty damn good, too. Uh, Jim, Although he wasn't uh, great had, today. Not Jim, but uh, John and Adam. You see, they were at the Michigan football game yesterday, Indiana. Oh, I didn't see that. that They were there. Yeah. I think it's been pretty cool if you got a a picture of John Lynch and Jim Harbaugh, like the Niners tweeted it out, the group hug. Would the Niners tweet that out? Yeah, remember because they did the – Oh, they buried it. That's right. Jim and 11 guys came back to celebrate the 2012 team two years ago. It was like Jim and I don't even remember who else. Was Dante there. Whitner's there for work. Yeah. <laughs> Alex lives down the road. A uh, couple more super chats. Let's see here. This is from uh, Matt. A couple more super chats, John. Matt says the defensive coordinator turnover and how well the defense has performed is a testament to how awesome they are. How many have the Niners had since 2019? Yeah. Third defensive coordinator defense. 
the Niners bad defensive days, you look up as like they give up 19 points. Okay. I, I, I hesitate to call it bad. It's not bad. I mean, Ambry had to come in uh, at one point when Lenore went out. Lenore came back, but Ryan. Well, this but this game was really going to be about the defense was going to win it. Like when you look at your team tomorrow, yeah. if you're the winning team, the defensive coordinator, when you break up into units, would look at that unit and say, you guys won that fucking game. Right. And that, that, that was the game today. Right, so it's like, yeah, I'm with you. We're nitpicking two high level elite units, but the unit that played better was gonna win their team the game. This was Brock, you know, Brock Purdy, twelve fucking completions, McCaffrey in the sideline with a chiropractor, and PJ Walker every other pass flying all over the yard. This was a defensive game, and ultimately, which we can't say very often, the last couple years. The Niners' defense was not the best defense on the field. No. McCaffrey still had 14 touches, too. It's not like they got no McCaffrey production in the game, right? They got to use McCaffrey. I mean, the touch, you know, the thing that gets lost is the first, the touchdown to start the game for the Niners was a pretty badass play. The outside toss to McCaffrey. This, like, the does it count if he's, if he's, if he were to be out on Monday night, does the, does the streak end for as long as he plays? He's tied. He's tied for longest with uh, Ornthal. Uh, that's well. I don't think he is because I got a text from my buddy Radke because he gets ex- Ryan. He gets access to all this like NFL research. He said that McCaffrey's tied for the record with most consecutive with touchdowns from scrim. Oh, okay. So they're tied for the scrimmage touchdown record. I guess the all-time record is a guy named Lenny Moore, who had 17 straight games with a touchdown. He recovered a fumble for a touchdown in Game 16. So he kept the streak going. Um, was he uh, one of those two-way players in like the 50s? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think I got to mm, – my guess is it's games you play in. It's my guess. I would guess that too. Yeah. yeah. Pretty special company. 50 Ryan games. says uh, right. winning – yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It is company. It's, it's – you think they do autograph signings if they're tied for the rest of their lives? Like, hey, Christian, we got you. It's autograph signing. Oh, what's OJ signing? Well, it's uh, <laughs> not exactly sports memorabilia. It's his book. It's called If I Did It. Uh, Ryan said winning with three minutes to go, and they throw three times to go three and out and take 15 seconds off the clock. Yeah, that was that was what the, the Rams, that's what the Rams have done in years past to the Niners. So not ideal. I, I I gotta give I old uh, McVay's got a baby up, got a baby on the way credit. They, they're having a pretty just impressive. We're just a high level operation. Yeah, because they're gonna I, end I up going. Uh, well, I was, but no, just no, I know exactly I, that thing to, against the Niners is why I brought. That I was up. I was just watching them play. I'm like, they're gonna go like nine and eight with a bunch of random guys, Stafford and Aaron Donald. This is a kind of like we know what we're doing around here, and we'll have another draft, and I bet you're gonna look up, and we'll be better than Seattle in a couple years. That's, I, I think their floor is just really high because McVay's one. Like, this is where Dallas Dallas doesn't have an elite coach and they don't have an elite quarterback. So they're really well, Who's more likely to make the playoffs, Seattle or the Rams? Because Dallas is going to make the playoffs, right? Um, well, I mean, right now it feels like probably the Rams. I guess they have both. Have they played could. yet? Uh, they played week one. Uh, no, the did they play week one? Yeah, they played week one. And the Rams beat them. Rams are three and three. Seattle's three and two. Yeah. 
I feel like they're very similar. That's a good call. Though honestly, though, it, you know, I think the South is gonna <laughs> kind of weed itself out. Obviously, the North is only gonna have one team in the Lions. It, it should be the three wild card teams, and this speaks to like it's not gonna be easy for the Niners because these teams are not. I know they have beat them lately, but you know, it should be the Cowboys, the Seattle, and the Rams. Like those, should, if relatively health, but those should be the the three wild card teams, in, in my opinion. Unless Stafford hasn't, you know, Stafford could get, he's just, I mean, anybody could get hurt, but Stafford in particular already battled. came back today, had a touchdown. What was, Stetson uh, Bennett's gone, right? He's not even around the team. Not around the team, but it's, you know, he's not the answer anyway. Puka Nakua, four for 26 today. I guess Cooper got his, Cooper got seven for 148. Um, I, I watched a decent amount of that game because I did a little four screen. The Cardinals, a little what? Like the, I just did, you know, the multiple screens. Oh, four screen. Four screen. Yeah, the four screen. All I, I wanted I yesterday did. was Oregon State, UCLA, and USC Notre Dame split screen. I don't want four. I just wanted the two. But I guess the engineers are working on it. I, I mean, I, even today, some of my multi-views were limited. Just give me, I need to, just, I, just give me the two. Yeah, I just... Sorry, uh, keep going. You, so you watched some of that game. The Cardinals for a half, they will just they'll give you everything they got. They'll throw the kitchen sink at you. They just run out of juice. But God, they they do. They've had they're gonna be a joke to you know, you better just show up because they're gonna try for a little bit. They they'll eventually break, but yeah. they try. Now, does that do you keep trying at two and eleven? I don't know. Like it, it's you know, early we're not even at Halloween. You get to the point like late November, you're like, listen, I, I we're fucking one and nine here. <laughs> you eventually break, but and your one win is Dallas. That's a bad look. I think they have the ideal shitty season. You know the Patriots have the worst shitty season. You're just a hard watch. It's like you suck. The Cardinals, they're both you know one win, one and five or whatever. It's like I, I, I respect. If I was a Cardinal fan, I'm like I respect it. If I'm a Patriot fan, I'm like what the fuck are we doing? Mac threw one of his just. All-time picks today, rolling to the right across his body, hit a Raider like this. Was I'm Jimmy at the hospital at that point in the game, or was, was Jimmy still in the building at that point? I think he was still in the building. He had almost got Devontae killed a little earlier. Get well, Jim. How about how about when you looked up today and you saw the Panthers were up 14 to nothing on the Dolphins? <laughs> I hadn't seen that. Actually, I didn't see any of that game, I don't think. But... Um, yeah, they were that, that plus 14. They're up 14 nothing. So if you took the Panthers, you're up tw- plus 28. And you not only – the Panthers not only lose, they don't even cover. Brutal. They then score 35 straight points. I mean, you if you know, took I the looked Panthers, up, you don't – It was 35 to 14. I did see uh, – uh, my guy Will Blackman had a great tweet. Did you see the video of Crosby beating two guys for the safety? And Blackman yeah. just tweeted like, Speed bag with like bags, like he just went around both of them like bags, you know, bag drill. It was pretty good. Hey, speaking you know of Randy, guy, Raiders are three and three. John, they, I think it's special motivation when you know you're hosting the Super Bowl in your stadium. Like you, you want to be there for that, you know, <clears throat> for the honorary coin toss or something. They're not out of it. They're not out of it. Uh, how about the Saints? What? Wh- why? Why do the? Why? Why do the Saints? Why throw like four straight moon balls in that game instead of like trying to just get closer to the end zone? Did you see the end of that game, Texas Saints? Did I see the end of it? I uh, I bet on the Saints, and uh, I think two guys 
who combined got a, you know, for non like Hargrave level can't miss free agents. Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo were given a lot of money this offseason. I think combined this year, Derek's making like 35, Jimmy's making close to 30. I mean, they are making a lot of money. I think both guys have been really shitty. I, I And listen, I understand Derek got hurt. I, I think he looks pretty bad guy. Like, he has not looked through the first six games what they thought they were getting. They, they just thought they were getting like the 13th best quarterback. To me, he looks like a guy that's, you know, f- closer to a fringe starter. Pretty big day for Sala and, and, uh, and D'Amico. A couple nice wins, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. If you pay him that much money and you're playing a first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback, I get it's on the road, but this you can't lose the Texans. I, I, to me, that's a terrible loss for the Saints. I had some people tweeting at me. They're like, how does Dennis Allen allow? It's like, guys, I, I think Dennis Allen's not any good, but the final drive, Dennis Allen's a defensive head coach. He has he probably doesn't even know half the plays. That is on Derek and the offensive coordinator. That's an embarrassment. Like you, you can you just run a couple normal routes to get like second and four? What, what, Dennis what's Allen doing throwing these moon balls, like you said, and these go routes. Even if it was Randy Moss, Derek was throwing like out of bounds. Where was he throwing it to? I think Derek's been terrible. And I've watched a decent amount of him. He was uh, thirty-two of fifty today. They, neither team scored a touch, neither team scored a touchdown in the second half of that game. Um, Ryan says next six games for the Eagles: Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners. Yeah, they got a big stretch coming up. Matt asked, "Do we see more Ronnie Bell with Debo and McCaffrey possibly hurt?" Yes, they like. I mean, I thought we were going to see some Ronnie Bell today, actually. But anything else stand out today, games wise? It was a pretty shitty lineup of games today. <laughs> I, I, Saturday was better oh, Sunday. Beside the Niner and Eagle, the Niner and Eagle game were intense, but I thought overall yesterday was much better. Um, to me, the just Jags Colts. Did you watch any of that game? Uh, I watched a little bit because they kept showing like uh, Press Taylor and Nick Holtz in the in the press box, and then they they were up like twenty one to six. I know the Colts kind of came back. I just all I saw was one Minshew, some awful Minshew pick. Minshew thirty three of fifty five, three twenty nine, one touchdown, three picks. I mean, you know, generally you throw for three thirty, another guy throws for one eighty. Um, it's kind of it's like it happened a few times today. That's what happened in the Saints game. Derek threw a lot more than Stroud. Derek lost. Minshew lost. You know, with a backup, you just. You only want to play the right amount before you get overexposed. And that's what kind of every year it's like, oh, Minshew, man, don't forget. And then he has to play like four games. I was like, oh. Did you, um, would you see the visual of Anthony Richardson in a sling? I didn't see it, but uh, Austin on the stream, Giants interview friend of the pod, Stephen Vogt, this week. I know. I, my, wow. my, te- the last two weeks I've been texting him and he hasn't been replying, which is unlike him. So maybe something's up because I texted him right after. Kapler got fired. I said, time to come home. He didn't reply. No, that's not like him. Normally replies. So I text him again today. Eyeball emojis. No reply yet. He's been the like the bullpen catcher slash like uh, some other thing for the Mariners. So I think it's time, John. Bring him home. He wasn't good enough for Fresno State. Missed on that one, but as a player, the Giants. as a player. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as a player. Um, Coward compared uh, Bo Nix to Derek Carr. 
in what way? I think it's an interesting. The comment. way they play, kind of dumping it off, getting rid yeah. of the ball, not, so like, not willing to really take <clears throat> hits. He obviously, to me, Bo probably has more Taysom Hill athleticism in him. Like he can kind of run around and be an athlete. But is he just you know Penix would just sit there to the last second and throw just a dart. The problem with Penix is he can't really like you love the player, but at the next level is he kind of like a Tua sitting duck? He can't really move. He right? well that's to me that's his that's my comp. He's a bigger Tua. Yeah, he's a bigger Tua. But that's what fuck, he is, man. His arm. I think his arm might be a little better than Tua's, but he can sling it. And the beauty of their offense is their guys catch the ball on the move and just keep making plays. Oregon makes like hardly any yak. I don't know if you noticed that in the game. That almost no yak for the Ducks. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean Penix, I think is clearly the better quarterback. I mean, sorry, yeah, Penix is the better quarterback of the two. My problem watching the game with Knicks was just it doesn't feel like he can or their offense lets him just kind of drop back and let's let's find the guy. I thought he missed a lot of open guys. I did not think it was a good game for Bo Nix. And they still almost won the game. But multiple times I, – I had no problem with Dan Lanning on the fourth downs. Even though it felt Staley-ish, like I thought here, – here was the logic. End of the half, I could understand not wanting him to go for it. But they were down by four, I think. So, and they were going to get the ball to start the second half. I don't remember the exact number, but basically what was going to happen was they could kick a field goal at the end of the half, John, then get the ball, score a touchdown. They'd be up six. I think that's what it was. They were, they were down four, I think, going into the half. So if they like yeah. kick the field goal, then they get the ball, score a touchdown. They're, they're, they would have been up six. They, you know, they would have kicked the field goal, be down one, get the ball, score a touchdown up six. So the next time Washington touches the ball, they're going to score. You're going to trail again. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I understood, like, let's get the touchdown, and then we score again, and now and now they're chasing us. If you take the field goal, you still trail. Then you score the touchdown, and then they take the lead, and you're chasing them again. And then at the end of the game, I was like, well, you punt. They're going to drive the field on you and score a touchdown, and there's going to be no time. Well, says who? They, they, they had well, one they touchdown the entire but, second half. The entire just, second half. I understand, but the second they got the ball, what happened? They drove the field on you. They scored. Well, yeah, and, because you give them the ball with half the field to go. It's a double whammy. You give them the ball at the 50-yard line or wherever the exact yard line yeah, was. Yeah, around and there. It's a, and it's a huge momentum to the sideline. So it's like it's a, it's a double whammy. You hand them the ball, but it also like resurrects the juice of the team. The defense is going nuts. The offense is like, we're fucking winning. You punt them, you make them go 85, which they might. They had only done one time in the second I half. Understand, the defense but I had been dominating I, with that. I, I know, but that's just your defense is not better than their offense. I just had no faith. I was like, get four yards. Now, the argument would be you have sucked on fourth down. Like, you don't have a play. Like, your play in the end zone was that sprint and right play is a terrible play. I hate that play. I don't know why people run that play, unless it's Montana to Clark. And then their play on that fourth down was awful. So maybe you don't have to play and run it. But I, I was okay with it. And I'm not like, you know me, like I'm not Brandon Staley's the man. But I, I had no problem with it just because I thought if you gave Washington the ball, you were just you were flipping a coin that they were going to take your life. And they did. And then you still got the yeah. ball and kicked a field goal. I mean, but I wasn't killing Dan for that. I thought the play calls were bad. I, I just you know, think in that spot. I mean, I just think in that spot, you make them go 85, 90 yards. That's fair. When, I, when, when your defense had played really well. To me, it's the context of if it had been, if the score had been 50 to 45 and they had scored three times, like, of course you're going to get. But, like, your defense had been awesome. Penix was fucking been. peppered. And you just, I feel like you bailed them out in that situation. 
And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, nothing enrages me more than like the process was right. It's a results oriented sport. Did he it's, say that the process was right? No, no, no. Yeah, I don't think he said that. He said like I. Co- 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 college coaches don't talk like the pro guys do as much. <laughs> the pro guy, because you know, in the pros, a lot of these teams have a guy making five hundred grand running the numbers. Like they have a guy, and that guy never has to gain accountability. You know, it's like, well, who? It's, it's like politics. It's like bureaucrats, politicians. Like who? No one ever takes any accountability. Like the result of this, while well, our process, our minds were in the right spot, it failed. You know, but in the pros, you know, there's a guy with Dan. I'm not saying that he doesn't have a numbers guy, but you know, it's a little different. Like I view him doing it, and his whole thing is aggression and fucking pedal the metal. Which it, I, I here's the thing I will say about Dan Lanning. Unlike Staley, Dan Lanning's clearly good. He's built a really good team. They're they're fucking got players everywhere. I you watch those teams probably closer to me. The, both running backs were really good, well, and, and they have realize. another running back that's out. Yeah, they they can run which the team? Ball. The Oregon, Oregon Noah Whittington. Yeah, and Washington's guy's good. Like I I just thought the talent top to bottom. Yeah, in that game, it was just just a high level game. Both teams, both coaches. Like I respect Dan Lanning as a coach, as a recruiter. Like he's pretty, clearly pretty good. I just think in that specific situation, because I had someone texting me at the game, an NFL person, it's like, you know, Lanning lost it last year, going for Same it, deal. and it backfired, and it's like, and this he is did. And you know what happened about, last like, year? They ran it, but also last year, they ran a bad, like every time I see it, they run in bad plays. Now, maybe I'm just judging the result, but last year they ran a sneak with their backup quarterback. Nix was out of the game, and the thing fell apart on them. Not a did, sneak. Uh, like a- did Oregon State beat Oregon last year? Um, I, don't I think remember. they did. I, well, so, someone DM me. I'm a big Oregon fan. I obviously like Dan Lanning, but the reality is three of his last four losses are two to Washington, one to Oregon state. Like that's kind of a problem up here. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not saying hot seat or anything. He's a really good coach. My, but my point is he is just losing devastating games to the wrong team. My problem is that, and I like him too, so I don't want to say my problem, but he says that thing about like aggression. Like we call it, we're an aggressive team. We call aggression. But tell me this, when you watch their offense, do you feel like you're watching an aggressive offense? Passing. Well, maybe, I, they, they, maybe they I'm too high on Bo Nix. Maybe he's, because Der- Derek, Derek was a better passer in college than this guy. That'd be the one thing, right? Well, I don't like, know. You how high are you? Passing. He might be too high. I like, it, to well, me, he like, has to go to the right spot. Like, he really has to go to the right place, I think. Who are you talking about? Knicks. Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. In the NFL. Like, I don't think you just drop him on the Bears and I, that's not working. No, no, no. But and I just their like. season's not even dead. No, no, no. I, I But like, uh, my point is like, their offense, their pass game just lacks something. Yeah. And part of it is they, they average like five yards per attempt. <laughs> so, yeah, they. They check it down. Well, it was the polar opposite of the other team, yeah. Which is just how fun is how fun is it? Well, th- to watch they do look ball? a lot like the Tua the year when he had all those wide receivers, and you just watched Alabama; it was just bombs away. <laughs> it, the, I mean, a now Dunze, th- those Bama guys are probably better than these guys, right? And they're these. Yeah, guys are but good. A, I mean, those, it feels like a Dunze is probably a top twenty receiver, top th- seventeen receiver, right? Number one, and who was, and one of their guys got injured early in well, the game. McMillan got good, hurt. Right? He's the other good, yeah. So, and Polk's a good. Polk was a good player at Texas Tech, and then he transferred. 
Uh, Put some respect on Arizona. Yeah, Arizona ran Washington State out of the gym yesterday. (laughs) Jaden Delora's time, I think, is over. They got that Noah Fafita balled out. But Lanning getting clicks this week. Uh, Did you see uh, Keenan Thompson do do, uh, Dion on uh, SNL? No. (laughs) It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I think the D, I think the Dion hype train has come to a screeching halt after. Uh, well, they may not win another game this year when you look at their, their schedule stuff. They may. I mean, put it this way: any game they win the rest of the year is like a good win because their schedule is difficult. Yeah. So, in fairness, right. like one of the best players in the country, a guy that's probably going to go in the top ten of the draft, was getting mossed. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to lose, right? <laughs> Three hundred yards. For I, had, I had zoned out and then I came back in. Yeah. There was just, you know, one of those buzzes, your text messages. I'm like, what? And then it lived up. I'm glad I did. It was a, it was a remarkable thing to wit. It was a remarkable thing to witness. That honestly, probably the highlight of the weekend. Just that I st- did. I that witnessed you got, that loss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was at home. Buffalo place rocking. It really the Friday night Pac-12 games. Like we haven't had as many of them lately, and they're, they're they can be pretty good. That was a good one. Is that kid hyped? You heard of him before, 13? I mean, I heard of him because I did their spring game. Alec <laughs> Iowa Manor, they don't really have a hyped offensive yeah. skill set group, you know. But the thing with Stanford, as you know, is you used to scout them. Even in years they're bad, you like look, you're like, oh, here's some 6'3 dude chiseled out of stone that plays receiver for Stanford, yeah. you know. Oh, they're like 4.0 offensive linemen win the game. They're all doing this. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. All right, on that note, let everybody, thanks for hanging. Peace. Peace. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.